Hey, this is Michael Howell, author of the United Deep State of America. You're listening to Waking Nation with Brad Zollis. A huge shift is taking place on planet Earth. People seem to be waking up. Tired of the way things used to be, they are creating something brand new and changing the world we live in. My name is Brad Zollis, and I get to sit down with the next generation of idea makers, the disruptors, and the game changers. Everyday people, just like you and me, from all over, who are doing amazing things. Welcome to Awakened Nation. Hi, everybody. Today's episode of Awakened Nation comes with a warning. The reason I put Michael Howell on the show is simply because Michael isn't some kind of conspiracy theorist. He's actually sat in private meetings with Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and argued with them over policy. Michael is the real deal, and he brings the truth to you. Many of you are going to get angry at what you're about to hear, and I'm going to challenge you with your anger. I'm going to challenge you, the listening audience. Research everything we discuss on this episode. Look up what George Bush Sr. said. Look up his quotes. Find Rudolf Steiner's quotes on the future of vaccines or George Soros's and David Rockefeller's quotes on globalism. Watch Bill Gates's TED Talk. Do that. The one from 2015 where he talks about the next pandemic. These men will be talking about globalism. And I'm asking you, I'm challenging you, don't be lazy. Do the research before you blame us or get angry with us, because all Michael does is read their books and tell us what they said. Oh, and one more challenge. Do not use Google for your research or Snopes or Wikipedia, because each of these platforms has been compromised. Use DuckDuckGo or any other search engine that doesn't remove articles and sites they find irrelevant. You want to see the whole picture. And do not dismiss a resource just because you don't like it. Many of those sites have links to what we deem credible sources like Newsweek, Time Magazine, or the New York Times. Enjoy the research, but also ask two questions. Will this bring about more control or who is making more money from this? If you watch the video version of this episode, I will include visual resources and links so that you can look some of this information up. And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I present Michael Howell. Ladies and gentlemen, I have not only a great guest, but a friend of the show. Uh, and we hit it off in season one when uh, he just laid it out there in his first book. Uh, and I, I love the title, Anatomy of the Global Agenda, Volume 1. Mr. Michael Howell. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, the reason I love having you on the show is you're not uh, a conspiracy theorist. You're a conspiracy fact person. And what I loved is, and this is hard for a lot of people to swallow, you would just go and pick up the books by the Clintons or George Soros or uh, David Rockefeller, and, and you just read them and quote what they said. They were telling us exactly what they're going to do to us. Mm -hmm. So Michael has a new book out, and <laughs> I love the title on this one as well, The United Deep State of America, A Shadow Government's Republic. 
And uh, we're going to take a deep dive into that. We're going to talk about that. For those of you who are listening, I want you to get a pen and paper. Um, and by the way, the, this isn't you know nonsense. This is quoting exactly the agenda that they have for globalism. So welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for that intro. And yeah, you know, right off the bat, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And a lot of us out there who do this got trapped in that stigmatism. But we're actually research. Yeah. I mean, nothing more. I mean, I don't really like to put a label on it. But yeah, thank you for the intro. And thank you for sure. establishing that. You're not listening to a show with crazy Uncle Mike. You know, <laughs> you are actually listening to what to, and to well-researched material. And one thing I always ask of anyone, anyone out there, always keep me honest in the fight. Because the hardest thing to do is fight deception while you yourself are being deceived. And, and, and being deceptive. So I always ask for anyone to keep me honest on that. I'm Absolutely. very easy to reach. You can reach me at MichaelH023 at gmail.com. I always respond. I never shy away from wanting to learn, you know. Right. So. I've been astounded at two things right now. We're going to be talking about the deep state, but I just want to get this out of the way. Uh, probably a year or two ago, right when the lockdown started to happen and all this controversy started to happen. I had friends who used to roll their eyes when I'd walk in the room and now they started calling me, Brad, what's going on? What's happening? You know, cause I would talk about what they had planned, but maybe like you, Michael, I thought it wasn't going to happen until I was an old man and it just started to roll out and they are not stopping. And a lot of people are waking up, but there's still a lot of people who are sound asleep to this global agenda. Yeah, there, there's a whole lot there to unpackage. So I don't, yep. I don't want to ramble on, but I was kind of like you. I didn't think I would be necessarily an old man, but I thought that, and, and here's the thing that people don't really realize. Our generation, meaning the way we raise our kids, is different than the way the global leaders raise their kids. They are born into this agenda. They are groomed through think tanks, secret societies, and later put into places of of academia, of financial institutions to, for the sole purpose of instituting this global agenda that, right. that has been in their, their families passed down from generation to generation. Us serfs or whatever you want to call us, what, you know, us regular people, right. we want to go to work. We want to teach our kid the value of a dollar, uh, what it means to have a hard day's work and how to prosper you know, that way. So right off the bat, Every new generation is starting off at ground zero or clean slate as to where they're a century ahead of us. You right. Know, we're all each generation is the same age, but they're privy to a, a centuries long agenda. And right. so it, you, you see where I'm going with right off the Absolutely. bat. Yeah. We're on uneven playing field. So when you do have someone like us come along, it does sound crazy because the, the generation that we're speaking to may be hearing this for the first time or they may have had the passed down stories of conspiracy theory as to where right. the enemy, they're, they're steamrolling ahead. So circle back, back to your point. I thought this generation of the global latest would die off and it would be the new generation that would come on. But what we're actually seeing is a hurry by this generation of the new world order that is getting older. And it is, you know what I mean? So yeah, it surprised me that it was this generation of the elite. Yeah. I want everybody to realize what happened. And, and I was part of the public school system as well. And I was taught America is the greatest country in the world. 
number one. We, you know, we had 56 founding fathers who, you know, fought against the, the globalists at the time, which was the British Empire, which was basically monarchy. And we're the freest nation on earth. I heard all this stuff. I was raised on this. And then they skip ahead to today's politicians as if they're fighting for us. So I was under the same illusion that most people. And I didn't start out with conspiracy theories. I actually started out with uh, Richard Mayberry, who's a global economist, and he doesn't go into any conspiracy theories. He's just showing you the monetary system that our government uses and how they create um, you know, these nesting areas for war, where they can f- foment war and go in and do whatever they want. And this is the stuff they don't teach us in school. And so a lot of you right now, you may be you know, flipping out. Maybe you're angry that your best friend isn't getting vaccinated, or maybe you're trying to figure out what's going on. And some of you are just uh, in a, in a bubble that this is all going to go away by 2025. I'm going to ask Michael stuff. We're going to go deep into this. The first question I have is, and we're going to, this is a lot for people to swallow, but what is the deep state, Michael? What is it? And uh, how come we can't see it? Why are there so many people who just can't see it? Oh, lot to unpackage there too. <laughs> One of the, what, this book, I wanted it to be completely different, even though you're still talking about a global agenda in both books. I wanted it to be completely different than my first in the sense of how I presented the shadow government. If you think of the shadow government as Illuminati, New World Order, elite, whatever terminology you want to put on them, you don't see them. That's why we call them the shadow government. Right. The deep state is more of like a like them reaching into their toolbox and pulling out a hammer. That's what the deep state is to the elite. They're just a tool okay. in their toolbox. So the deep state is, and I'm going to broad paint this, but it's not. It's elements within the CIA, elements within the FBI, elements within the Department of Education. Right. Um, it's, it's within the Department of Energy. It's within the Department of Justice. So what the deep state is, is the shadow, the hidden shadow government tentacles in the public view acting through, you know, small elements of the CIA through the FBI, Department of Justice, Department of Education, Department of Energy. Everything that the government controls has a small faction of the shadow government's men. Now, how do they get there? And that's that's how they get there is through your think tanks, through your secret societies. And that's how the agenda stays hidden from public view and gets right. in the hands of the players. And those players are then placed in the prominent positions of academia, policy writing, uh, financial institutions, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So these are people who work for the Carlisle group, the acorn people, um, the, and people please look this up. And uh, uh, the Council on Foreign Relations. I was always astounded at how many of our yeah. I was always astounded at how many of our presidents had either been a Rhodes Scholar, went to Oxford, uh, participated in the Council of Foreign Relations, went to Yale or Harvard or one of those places that, by the way, was established before the United States was established, Um, and all these different. Um, private groups, you know, we like to call them maybe secret societies, but there's also public societies where they teach them things and the agenda that they don't want us to know. And I, I call us serfs or peasants. 
And I hate to use that term because I don't believe I am that, but that's the term that wakes people up. And it's good to use that term because that's what your enemy thinks of you. You know, I'm with you. I use the term as well, but I don't think I'm a serf. I don't think I'm a peasant, but I do say that term because the person that I'm talking to, I want to reiterate to them. That's what they think of us. Right. They're not calling you Brad Zollis and they're not calling me Michael Howe. Calling us serfs. They're calling us irrelevant. So yeah, we are actually the batteries and the people that provide them with their cash. Let's Mm -hmm. put it this way by using power over us. And if you don't believe this, folks, just ask yourself why there's so much chaos in our world right now. Because peace makes you and I profitable. Chaos makes them profitable. Mm -hmm. And right now there's an agenda. And some of us have read some of the agenda. And I know this may sound, if this is the first time hearing this, you may have to ask yourself, um, what am I not seeing? You know, when the, the, the sailing ships first came overseas from the Spanish conquistadors, um, they said that, the, uh, was it the Aztecs or the Mayans? They, they, they couldn't see the ships as they were coming right towards them because in their mind, they didn't know what this was. Like it, like it didn't even show up in their mind until they got out. And they said, they, they thought that the conquistador wearing the armor and sitting on a horse was one person. They thought it was a centaur, like a beast, and they were terrified. They didn't know it was a man sitting on an animal because it was so outside of their reality bubble that they were conquered easily. And I feel like we're in the same kind of area right now. You and I have a brain or a mind that sees these anomalies, maybe not as quick as we would like to, we have to do the research, but we're open to seeing it. And I feel like the rest are incredibly slow at catching up. And that I'm not putting anybody down when I say slow to catch up. It's that we've been taught to believe what we're told to believe, but not how to think in question. Yeah, it's it's that Hegelian, uh, Hegelian dialectic. We were raised indoctrinated in a school system with a sole purpose of buying into this agenda to consume, to obey, to be compliant. You're not taught in school how to think. You're taught what to think. Right. So you carry that into adulthood. And then it's it's the anomalies that you talk about that lead to research because you and I look at anomalies different. They look at it as, well, okay, I wasn't taught about that. No big deal. They think the media is going to tell them what they need to know. They think the schools are going to tell them what they need to know. They think, you know, all of these people are going to tell them what they need to know instead of determining for themselves what they need to know. So when we see those anomalies, it it, it strikes a chord with us. Hey, I need to know that. That that just doesn't make sense to me. So what we find out is when we do dive into that anomaly, it's a perfect example is, and I hate the word anti-vaxxer, but it, we're to that point now. If you are anti, have you noticed how the people, the pro-vaccinated people, all they can say is trust the science. Now go talk to an anti-vaxxer if you want to know the science. Yes. A pro-vaxxer has no problem telling you to trust the science. But isn't it irrelevant how an anti-vaxxer or, or someone who, I'm not against vaccines. I am against the mRNA. There's just not yep. enough information on it. There's just not, you know. 
I've, right. I've gone to many of people and say, give me the exact study. And I've gone to doctors. Give me the exact study that convinced you it was safe. None yeah. of them can. None of them. They can't. Okay. So these are the same people who say and trust the science. Now go talk to an anti-vaxxer or someone who's against this and they can break down the science of it. Yeah. So that's the deception we're up against right now. I had a friend recently. It's a friend of my girlfriend's actually. And um, she won't let us come over to the house because she's vaccinated and we're not. And um, my girlfriend mentioned ivermectin and a bunch of other studies. And she just started laughing. This friend, she goes, oh, that's, that's QAnon. And you're, you're like, okay, I give up. I give up at this point because it's like, I worked in pharmaceuticals for 35 years. And I walked out of it when I heard one of the head of marketing for this, um, you know, pharmaceutical company that will remain nameless. Um, it rhymes with Dirk. Uh, but anyways, that company, um, the, they had killed 300 people with their product, almost 300 and injured a hundred thousand. So it meant that their product didn't do what they claimed it did. It actually hurt people, killed them. And the marketing director, the C-level marketing guy comes out and basically says, but look how many people we saved. Um, this is the spin doctors, you know, and for some darn reason, people in the audience, uh, they're sitting there going, yeah, he's right. You know, there is something that ha happens when you enter a corporation or you start to work in a certain environment, you tend to be enchanted and buy in to what they've told you to believe. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I don't want to get off on a tangent here. I want us to get back on how did you discover so much about the deep state? Because what I love about your new book is you go through the history of the League of Nations and you talk about the United Nations and how they're supposed to stop uh, you know, genocide, but it's increased with what they've done. So you look at not what they're stating in their charter, but you're looking at the results of what they've done to people. And I find this fascinating because uh, take us through this, how you, you discovered this and how you worked on this and you really had to, you have to find the shadows uh, in order to expose them. Well, the year was 1987. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> I, really, as a kid, uh, I saw those anomalies very early on. What got me into all this was being 14 years old and looking into JFK's assassination. You know, right. November 22nd, 1963, I wasn't even born yet. I'm 47 years old. I was born in right. 1974. When I was 14, I don't remember how it got to me or whatever, but I saw those anomalies that you were discussing with, with JFK. So from there, it just progressed. You know, it's kind of like when you get on YouTube and you and you start off looking for a recipe for German chocolate cake. And by eight o'clock that night, you know, you're 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 in quantum mechanics. Same right. thing happened with me in this fight. Um, from there, I kept hearing all, you know, JFK will take you down many different avenues. So it, it could have been the mafia. It could have been the CIA, you know, it could have been the oil companies, could have been our own, you know. So that's what led me to discovering the deep state. And then I started getting into, um, all the other conspiracies, if you want to call them right. Operation Northwoods, Gladio, eventually your secret societies. And I say, okay, all of this is anomaly. Your NGOs are running the, the government. 
All right, it's not your elected officials. And I would find this later later in life firsthand when I became a policy writer. That's a whole other topic we could do right there. Right. But politicians don't care about you, and they don't run the country. They don't. Your representative is supposed to take your voice to Washington. He's supposed to right. take his constituents' voice to Washington. If you look at the people, if you look at the representative versus the people that they represent, they generally take in ideologies there. Well, that's not by accident. Your politicians are bought and paid for through corporatism, through lobbyists, and, and through other means. So, man, this is a whole complex question as far as how I got into yeah. discovering the deep state. It was well, it was many different avenues. I mean, right. It was it was years and years of not accepting anomalies. It was years and years of uh, of saying, you know, I'm not going to be lied to. This is an, the biggest thing. The biggest thing that really got me going was this is just an insult to my intelligence. This is just you're insulting me at this point. And yeah. that's what I don't understand. Why? Why isn't 320 million Americans right now going, you know what? We are good hearted by nature. You said 14 days. We gave you two years. Now, you're just insulting my intelligence. Well, where did our intelligence go? Where did our common sense, where did our values go? We're surrendering our kids to an ideology that we don't even understand. And we're too scared to go find the answers for it. Why? Hey, uh, it's, it, you know, it's something uh, my ex-wife, everybody knows this, uh, is a foreigner. She's from Haiti. Uh, a black woman and speaks four languages. And she's kind of the one who woke me up to, you know, if you surround yourself with American news and you surround yourself with everything you've been taught and you question nothing, you're, you know, she said this, Americans are considered the dumbest people on earth. And I don't Uh, mean to insult us. You know, I don't mean to piss anybody off. But if you talk to somebody in Europe about the political influences that led to Martin Luther and Lutheranism and how it it made Germany compliant with World War II, uh, if you don't know what I just talked about, that's because we went through the public school system here. Mm -hmm. I had to, just like you did, Michael, question everything. And I think it's because I'm an artist or I'm a creative person. When somebody would say something, even in Catholic school, I used to get in trouble. They would read these stories about Jesus that weren't in the Bible. And so I'd raise my hand. I go, where did, where did you get that story? And they would paddle me. Mm-hmm. And I think it gave me more fortitude to go, you know what? I'm going to dig deeper. And that's what I've always done. And you and I love this, this phrase, official stories are created to protect officials. Yeah. And uh, getting back to the JFK assassination, which is fascinating to me, we've had seven, uh, I, I believe it's seven, maybe nine assassinated uh, presidents. Uh, one has failed several times, which was Andrew Jackson, right. but all the presidents that have been assassinated, uh, shot, killed, whatever, they don't focus on those. In American schools, they only focus on two assassinations. And the reason they do that is you will see a pattern. You will see the pattern as to why these people got shot. And we won't go into that today unless you want to. (laughs) But um, there is stuff that is happening. We love to believe we elect all our officials, but there's a large portion of the government that we don't elect 
They've been there forever. They're entrenched. And they are the ones who run everything between the elections. Our politicians, our leaders that we see on TV, they are nothing more than figureheads that represent the plutocracy. Right. A perfect example of this uh, proof, if, if every time I say non-government officials is running the country, everybody laughs at it. I'll give you perfect proof of this. Trump couldn't stop Fauci. And Trump was president of the free world, president of the United yep. States. Fauci's not even elected. Trump couldn't stop Bill Gates. Okay, and I'm not calling out Trump here because guess what? Biden couldn't stop Fauci. Biden right. can't stop Bill Gates. So it's a where I'm going with it. I'm not saying Trump is good and bad or, or Biden is good or bad. What I'm saying is your NGOs truly are running your government. Yeah, non-government officials. Non-government and, officials. And, and um, unelected. That's, yeah, that's unelected. And I've always been astounded. Uh, people don't know who comes up with our bills. Uh, but it's basically the, the Ways and Means Committee presents these. And then why are they writing them? I mean, sometimes I've read some of what they put together and you're like, where did you come up with this? Why? And it boils down to they create a problem so they can solve it. Yes. And most of your problems, ironically, are created by bills. Whenever I was writing policy, one of the things that I wanted to do and one of the things I woke up every single morning to go to work to do was to deregulate something. Deregulation is where we grow. Regulation is where government grows. So the more bills that we can get for deregulation, obviously, the better the free market is, the stronger your dollar is. But more free we are, more individual freedom and national sovereignty you retain right. through deregulation. But that's and not without, the game. And without sovereignty, which means you're the king who owns, you have the sovereign right to own something without it being taxed. Without sovereignty, you cannot have a free republic. You just can't. Yes. Yeah. I, that's another thing that I, I, that I write about in, in my book, The United Deep State of America, is individualism versus collectivism. And it's, yeah. very, it's very important that people understand the difference of two. One's not narcissistic and, one's not, and the other's not charity. Okay. Right. That's not what individualism versus collectivism means. It's imperative, not important. It's imperative that the individual retains individualism for a free collective. Right. And the founding fathers knew that. That's why, you know, we have so many, whether you believe rights come from God or nature, you are born free. Okay. Right. You are born a free person. You have the free will to live your life. It's only through government regulation, government laws and or man where freedom is, is restricted. So it's important that individualism just means that I am the king of my castle. As long as I don't do harm to anyone or anyone's property, I should have the right to live my life how I see fit. Bad decisions and all. They belong right. to me. Well, what I've discovered, and that is this, the values that you stand in that keep the government at bay and give you the power are being made fun of today. Yes. And that's, Our, that's, that's the goal. That's the global agenda. The, yeah. global, the global agenda, people focus on what they want, but they don't focus on what they have to do to get there. And it is the destruction of individualism it is destruction of nations it is destruction of morals, families of education. So 
those aren't symptoms. You know, that is the fight. That's and that the goal. Is our daily fight is we need to hold on to our real education, not this 60s infiltrated. You know, we need to hold on to the value of real money, real currency, do away with the Federal Reserve. That's what that's what's behind all of this. Yes. You know, it's, it's our everyday choices that we choose to fight for. That's going to get this turned around. It's not fighting with each other. And that's oh, no. what you see on social media. That's what you see out here in the well, public is we're being artificially divided. And every exactly. time that we focus on fighting each other, they make one more step forward in their agenda because our heads are turned. We don't see it. Yeah. Uh, I see it all the time. The big thing is, is uh, they're, they're yelling white supremacy and uh, yeah. everything's racist. And it's like, folks, if they're yelling that, that means we're getting close to the truth. That means we're getting, we're trying to retain our power and they don't want us to have the power. There is no such thing as uh, a liberal or, or a Republican or whatever. We're they do use those to divide us and right. to create laws that, and change everything. Uh, if you think you're on the moral high ground, you're probably not. You're part of an agenda that has been placed in your head to believe that, you know, that person over there is mean and evil and they vote mean and evil. And it's like, no, this is what Richard Mayberry says it has always been about. And that is between political power and, and liberty. It has, has always been that fight. And he's right. You know, everything else is just the battles within the fight, whether it's taking of our guns or taking of free speech or, or whatever. And those are yeah. very important battles that we need to fight. But our enemy is so methodical, so patient, devious, devious, so, devious, so nefarious, so draconian, all those, all those adjectives, and they are. And then you look at us, we're so divided. Celebritarian has killed the liberty movement. It all it became about who can be, you know, the most flamboyant or or out there. And the message got lost. And 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 I don't this isn't a Ron Paul thing, but in, in 08, when the birth of the liberty movement seemed to grow and seemed to be born right there, we were all right there, side by side, fighting the yep. banks, the too big to fail. We, you know, before Occupy Wall Street got infiltrated or whatever, that was a real issue with us. And we yep. stood uniformly. We didn't worry about bathrooms and we didn't worry about, you know, pronouns or all that because we knew who the enemy was. Right. They were scared in 08. That's why Ron Paul. They were petrified. They were petrified. That's the scariest. People say they were scared when Trump was. No, they were scared when Ron Paul was around because not because of the little old man he was, but because of what we realized. Ron Paul was the first person to go. You know what? They're insulting your intelligence. You know? Yeah. And he didn't want anything from us, but for us to recognize our own freedom. So when that birth, when that movement gave birth, we were unified. We were collective and we were true. kicking ass. We beat SOPA. We beat CISPA. We were deregulating things. Yep. We were on a movement. Then what happened? I know what the, happened. The deep, the shadow government used the deep state. And here's a separation that I want to make that I try my best to, to make clear in my book. There, they are two separate things. Shadow government is the one running the agenda. The deep state is the one that's going and doing their dirty work. So we saw this in okay. 08. The liberty movement was infiltrated just like that because we were unified. Yes. It's a unified populace that they fear. It's a unified populace that's going to get this turned around. A divided so populace true. has them just 
crossing their arms, sitting back going, this was too easy. This yeah. was too easy. Well, it's it's very interesting because uh, I spoke at a, at a campaign for a Liberty Rally, a couple of them in, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, a representative of Ron Paul asked me to come in and speak, and my topic was why liberty matters. Uh, and I showed how we didn't really progress on planet Earth until 1776. 94%, 98% of the advancement of the human race took place because of 1776. Mm-hmm. Just look at most of your inventions. They happened in the last 200 years. Hello. And so I, I spoke about this. I was very uh, excited about this. And people were unified. But what they did in the press Ron Paul is that elder statesman you saw in the Roman Empire who would say, hey, I'm warning you, this isn't going to happen the way you think. And Ron Paul is a doctor, okay? He, is, uh, he delivered thousands of children. He knows what he's talking about um, when it comes to you know, intelligence and, and knowing how government works. And, uh, and the Fed was one of his books, a you know, fantastic book. So he was trying to unify us. What happened? They turned around and they the Tea Party endorsed Ron Paul, and then they claimed that the Tea Party was infiltrated by neo Nazis and the KKK and all this other crap, which is nonsense. And this is how they destroyed it. And all of a sudden, Ron, no one's listening to him. No one's putting him on TV because they just were, oh, his credibility is gone. Um, I always find this interesting. How that's all it takes to destroy a movement in this country is to bring up race issues. I'm telling you, I lived in New York City for 35 years and I did not see the racism that they claim is everywhere in this country. It's everywhere. People got along and enjoyed celebrating each other's differences in New York City. We had a parade every freaking week for somebody (laughs) you know, some ethnic group in New York City, and you'd go out and you'd eat the food and you'd have fun and you'd dance and you'd have a good time. But they're trying to make it seem as though it, it's everywhere. They, you know, these people over here are less fortunate and I somehow have some sort of privilege because I showed up and, you know, it's just, this is PR. Edward Bernays is applauding in his grave because they have used his PR techniques to divide us and destroy us. Mm-hmm. It's marketing, folks. They're using marketing. Perfect example. Yeah. Bernays was a perfect example to use there because that is, that's what this is. This is a marketing, uh, marketing ploy, but you grew up in New York and didn't really experience, you know, racism. I'll go one further. I grew up in Louisiana. You don't get much further South than Louisiana unless you want to go in the Gulf. Okay. Yeah. As you can probably tell from my voice, I'm a redneck. I played out in the woods. Guess what? Blacks were right beside us. They were yep. playing out in the woods. We yep. never looked at them and go, you know what? Your set of the woods is over there, or you can't help us build this tree house or whatever. Yeah. Never, never. It was, and, and people always talk about how the South is very racist. I didn't really experience no. it. And, yeah. and I'll go one further. I've never met a racist in my life. Now, stay with me. Stay with me. I've never met <laughs> one racist in my life. And let me elaborate on that. I've never met anyone who says, you know what? I hate the human race. Yeah. Words or spells. We need to realize how we are casting spells when we use these words. I've met, I've met bigots. Okay. Yep. But I've never met a racist. 
there's only one race. That's the human race. And I've never met anyone say, I hate the human race. But I've, I've met people who said, I hate him because he's black or I hate him because he's Mexican. Yeah. Now, that's just a bigot. Yeah. It's, and I, I say all that because racism is another one of those Bernays marketing ploys. And yeah. we need to quit buying into it. Yep. We really do. Because agree. that is the biggest wedge that's being driven between us right now. And if people would quit getting their intelligence insulted, they would see it's the Federal Reserve we need to be fighting. That is well, the elephant in the room. They always put in front of us what, uh, as soon as we're about to get to the truth, mm-hmm. and you can see this in the media right now, um, you know, the, the, the Epstein trial is being pushed to the background. Uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, Janet Yellen was the chairman of the Federal Reserve, and now she's running the Treasury. That's a yeah. that's a big deal. People don't seem to get what that that's about. Um, the fact that we have all the, the this evidence on Hunter Biden's laptop, including one point five billion dollars that was paid into his four hundred one k from China. Every time we're about to get to the truth, they throw in front of us. Well, Jesse Smollett's trial is out now, and this is out now. I grew up as a kid in Pennsylvania. Okay. I was around real, you know, rednecks and re- re- down salt of the earth people. And you're right. I've met some real people who were bigots who got in their pickup trucks and went looking for trouble. Uh, but at nine, nine out of 10 times, I grew up around people who there was no bigotry or racism. You know, we would go to the north side of town to hang out with my Latino friends to play basketball. You know, some of my best friends were, you know, they were from everywhere. Me, my family's Hungarian in the middle of a, a place that has Amish, Mennonite and, and Pennsylvania Dutch. OK, so you want to talk about, you know, foreigners being accepted and loved in this country. That's what America is really about. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed the people who take on the 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 programming, you know, the Edward, <laughs> you know, Bernays, uh, uh, you, you know, the the programming, the marketing ploy, usually are the people who cannot believe that there might not be that much racism in America, or there might not be so much of this violence against people who are of different ilk. It. I just don't see it because people are freaking busy trying to pay their bills. <laughs> the Jesse Smollett case is going to divide us. The Ghislaine Maxwell case would unite us. So that's why Jesse Smollett's case is everywhere or was everywhere as it, as it yep. was going. And Ghislaine Maxwell, you don't know, you don't hear anything about it. People right. know, the elite know that if that was like OJ Simpson's case, if it was on TV or, or if it was just truly handled, that would unite us. Yeah. It, but they know that the goal is for us to stay continually divided, which is why we got the Jesse Smollett round the clock coverage of that. You know, they, I noticed this years ago. Uh, important news didn't show up until page four. Yes. And then it started getting moved to page six. And then it started getting moved to page 10. And it's three paragraphs. That's where the most important news is. The emotional stuff that gets us going, yeah, this, this country is going to hell in a hymn, but that's on page one. Yep. Always. And if you, we're not taught anymore civics or how to read the news. 
We now see gossip and hearsay as the news. And the worst was during the Trump administration, where they would make up stories. They did make up stories, folks. And then a month later, they would uh, put out a redaction online, not printed, online. And they wouldn't apologize. And they would make sure it never hit the mainstream news. It would just, the Atlantic did this dozens of times. They had to redact what they said. You know? Well, Fox and News I, is the only news station ever to be granted the permission in the court systems to lie. That was, yeah. you know, so the whole media is, uh, is a joke. Oh, totally. One, one thing I really want the listeners to do and hold me to this. Let me tell you the best way to watch the news. And if anyone, I want everyone to try this. Just give it one try. Turn on your favorite news station. It's irrelevant which one it is, all right? Press mute and read the ticker at the bottom of the screen. You are going to get so much information because they have to say, well, we told you. Well, that's what the ticker at the bottom is. The the screen, the the top of it is just your dog and pony back and forth show. Right. So people do this. Try it one time. Press mute and read the ticker at the bottom of the screen. That's your news. (laughs) <laughs> Don't buy into the back and forth dog and pony show between the blonde and the brunette and the sun tan man in the middle acting yep. like you know. That's that's there to distract you. That's there to divide you. That's there to keep you. Oh, in. it is. And I'll I'll point out to people why you you really should just not listen. The one voice you will never ever ever hear on television is the black and Latino conservative. Yep. It doesn't exist. Doesn't it, it isn't there. There's two voices you'll never hear on the news, the voice of reasoning and the voice of truth. That's true. You got it. Yeah. So I want to talk about Klaus Schwab's statement. There are two statements that you had uh, you, you had in the book. I was impressed with what you said about George W. Bush. But here is the agenda for 2030, ladies and gentlemen. You will own nothing and you will be happy. And that was said by Klaus Schwab head of the World Economic Forum. And then the other quote that you had in the book is by George W. Bush. He said, it is the sacred principles enshrined in the United Nations Charter to which the American people will henceforth pledge their allegiance. And that was said by President George Bush. Um, Let's talk about this. There is an agenda to roll out and put into power a fourth level of government, which is the United Nations. Yes. United Nations is a foreign government. We shouldn't be taking any directives or initiatives or anything from a foreign government. And that's what they are. We have a foreign government operating in our backyard in New York. But the United Nations, oh, I could go on for a while for that. Um, Yeah. Well, let me just start with whether whether you buy into all this or not, it's irrelevant. The people who are running the world buy into it. They're the ones who are controlling the resources and telling us what to do. So we might want to understand what they believe in. So it's irrelevant, our personal beliefs here. So let's go True. into theosophy. All right. These people read the works of Madame Helena Velosky, Alice Bailey, Alistair Crowley, Manley P. Hall. This is their Bible, so to speak. This is where they get their agendas from. Or, or their directions. And it goes back all the way to Francis Ford Bacon and, and even before then. Uh, could really blow your mind if you want to go into Francis Ford Bacon. But um, 
where I'm going with this is uh, um, Alice Bailey started a publishing company called Lucifer Publishing. All right. Whoa. Well, that didn't go over too well, so they changed it to Lucid Publications. Lucid Publications is still in operation today. It's still Whoa. Guess where everything that the United Nations prints comes from? Lucid Publishing. There you go. So it's it, it's all George George Carlin said it best. It's a small club, and you're not in it. So this is all an ideology that they follow. So if I say something like, "Well, you know, I don't believe in all that," it's irrelevant. I may not even believe in it. Right. The people who are running the world, controlling resources, telling us what to do. This is their ideology. We need right. to start realizing what our enemy believes in because they're bringing it to fruition. They're bringing it yep. in with the gas pet with a foot on the gas pedal and a brake pedal is out. Yep. Agenda 2020 or agenda 21. 21. <clears throat> agenda 21 was to roll out in 2021. And basically this is to begin this removal of sovereignty to collapse the United States, because we're the last that doesn't give in to this um, you know, belief system because we have a constitution, uh, although we haven't used the constitution in almost 200 years uh, because we became a corporation. Uh, but the agenda is there's two agendas and you can look these up. You can actually buy these reports from the United Nations, Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. And they basically are going to remove the borders and create a one world government. And your sovereignty will be removed. You will not be allowed to own anything. Uh, the government will give you a handout each month, um, but they will tell you what to do, where to go, and your health care will be taken care of. But um, if they don't have the money for that operation you need, you're screwed. So the way, if you read the report, and Michael and I are kind of getting into this a little bit. If you read the report the way it's just given out from the United Nations, it sounds so happy. It sounds like, man, this is a great thing. But question it. It's written that way on purpose. They're, folks, they want to return to serfdom, where the human being no longer has power. 1776 marked a unique change in that structure for the individual because it's all under contract law. They created contracts that said, we have sovereignty. Well, they've worked very hard for the last 200 years to remove that from us. That's why everybody is trying to get to the United States. You get to work your tail off and keep your money. And what Michael's trying to tell you and show you in his work is they're taking that away from us. A very small group, a small cabal of elitists want to go to this thing called globalism. And what is globalism? That's where we have friction-free capitalism and no borders and all this other stuff. It's actually the opposite. We will not be able to travel wherever we want to. You will not be able to keep the money that you want or save it. You will not have any of these things. And if you think this sounds batshit crazy, sorry to swear on the show, Guess what? It's rolling out right now. If, if you remove this whole panic that's happening over the COVID virus, if you just remove it, turn off the news and look around you and talk to your neighbors, you see a lot of people wearing masks for no reason. You'll see this is a power grab. 
It has nothing to do with the virus because no one's dying. I don't know anybody who's dying from these variants. Okay. I didn't know anybody who got sick or died from COVID over the last, you know, 18 months. And I know a hell of a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I travel a lot. I've been all over. I've been to Florida. Yes, people are dying, but what are they dying of, really? Okay. And the media is complicit because they're lying to you on every single level because they have an agenda as well. They are not the free press. They are meeting the needs of their overlords, which is to tell you a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, fear porn. I mean, that's they want you so scared that you don't want to think, that you can't think, that you just say, what do I need to do? Okay, fine. They want to overwhelm you. And that's right. what they've been able to do, except to people like us, because you're not, you're never ever going to, you're never going to overwhelm me with a anomaly. The right. only thing you're going to do is, is strengthen my resolve to figure out why do we have an anomaly? Because yeah. I'm all about patterns and trends. All right. I have addictive yeah. personalities to begin with. So I love studying patterns and trends. Right. Right. And that's another thing going back to the beginning of this interview, you talked about what got me into this patterns and trends was one of them. Right. So I want to find out why do we keep having these same kind of behaviors? Why do we keep right. Why? A free market, and here's another example of how you can tell we don't have a true free market. A true free market always corrects itself. Right. You know? Free market doesn't care about the consequences of your of your bank account or whatever. It's going to correct itself. Right. right. Where government intervention comes in is they do, quote, quote, care about your paycheck or whatever. So they want to keep throwing loans. And well, what that does is hurt the free market, hurt the economy, because now you got inflation. And now you don't have that corrective curve in the free market that you have. I know we're getting off track. That's a whole nother subject. But I say that because that's a pattern and a trend. We can't go around saying we have a free market if we don't exercise a free market. We can't go around saying we have a constitution if we don't do what the constitution says. Do you know what the only thing that's different between your mortgage and the constitution is? There's only one difference. What? The bank actually holds their mortgage, your feet to the fire. We don't with the constitution. Both of them are pieces of paper. So why is one going to, if you don't honor it, you're going to be homeless. And the other one's just like, well, oh, well, you voted for this person. It's because this one, we're not holding to their feet the same way that the banks hold their piece of paper. You understand yeah. this, what I'm saying here? Yeah, exactly. Our piece of papers. So let's get over that. We need to act like, the, like our enemy does and hold these people's feet to the fire, whether it's the politician, mm-hmm. whether it's the bankers, because we need that corrective action. Well, I think the problem that has come forth today, Michael, is you have people who have been uh, at the lowest part of the totem pole when it comes to success are now given much, much more power to vote w- what they want. You know, these voting blocks have been built up, and people don't realize if you vote to get free stuff, it's going to destroy the country. Yeah. And what do most of these people? have come to the realization that no matter how hard they work, no matter how hard they struggle, they cannot have the American dream. Well, that's been done on purpose. Okay. What these people don't realize is when the government gives quote, quote, that is their agenda. When the government, when we, when we deregulate the government, we have the power to go out and purchase these things to acquire these things. Well, when you do that, you're growing families, you're growing businesses, you're growing the economy. When government does it, you're shrinking families, you're shrinking jobs, you're shrinking the economy. 
So it's not, it, what really embarrasses me is the amount of people who don't understand wealth versus value or basic economy. Right. I mean, seriously. And, and I say it's an embarrassment. It's not really their fault because they removed economics. They removed civics from schools and put in this watered down social study. Right. People don't even understand how the government's supposed to work. Let oh, yeah. Hold oh. their representatives, you know, feet to the fire. This this infuriates me because people are asking the government to do stuff the governments have never been asked to do in the history of government. And suddenly they can't figure out why it gets worse, why problems keep getting worse. Um, you should only ask your government to do one thing, and that's get out of our way. Their job is one thing and one thing only, to protect us from the bad guys who are going to try and steal our sovereignty. That is truly all their job is, is to That's step it. back and protect us, the government not to was, interfere. Government was created with two responsibilities, an honest monetary system and national defense. That right. was it. The rest of it was set up to protect me, to right. protect you of our individual rights. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's this um, oh, interesting by the way, shift. By the way, yeah, go both ahead. jobs that they they were originally signed they failed they, you know oh, yeah. you had, it's like that old saying you had two jobs or you had one job yeah you had you one failed. job buddy yeah, yeah. You, blew it. you failed um, and we as their employers didn't do nothing about it well we have a rogue government that's been installed okay they don't follow the constitution and uh they they sure as heck don't uh serve us anymore they haven't if you if you look very closely at all the laws that have been passed, uh, our founding fathers actually said Congress doesn't need to make any more laws. They, they, they just don't. They were done after they, they laid out uh, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution with the amendments. That was done. Now, well, the issue of slavery, 13th and 14th Amendments and things like that, that had to be put in place. But after that, they don't have to pass laws. But um, Mayberry pointed this out over 10 years ago. We have 1.5 million laws on the books from federal down to state and local. It's impossible to actually read all those laws in one lifetime. So oh, some of us don't even realize this. And there's a great book out called uh, Three Felonies a Day. Most Americans are actually um, committing three felonies a day, but they're not being enforced, <laughs> you know, because of all these laws, these nonsense laws that are passed that bring in revenue to state and local government and federal. Just this is why they pass. Yeah. Laws. Just take one industry like firearms. There's 30,000 gun laws on the books in America. Most people don't know that 30,000. Wow. I didn't one even know of them, One of them is an infringement. There's 30,000 gun laws on the book. And that's just one industry. We ain't gotten into all the silliness of, uh, you know, uh, self-employment and homeschooling and all these other ones. That's just one industry. 30,000. Well, we know of 20,000. We believe it's up to 20 to 30,000. Regardless, we'll say 20,000. 20,000 gun laws in, in America is ridiculous. Yeah. I recently, um, you know, I got into a little tete-a-tete on Facebook, which we do sometimes. Somebody, I got a story about one. Yeah. We had, um, and this person, you know, they, they they do this all the time. They go, Oh, great conspiracy theory, Brad. And I just write back, I go, let me get this straight. We are actually living inside 10 of the top 10 conspiracy theories right now from calling the herd 
to the UN agenda, to FEMA camps, to whatever. And you are literally calling me a conspiracy theorist. I get that daily. Yeah. And my favorite is when they, they think that you're irritated and the whole time I'm typing back my responses to them because I know what I'm dealing with. One thing I I, I do on social media is I don't talk to the poster, the person who posted or whatever. I talk to the shadow readers. Yes. I've done over 300 live debates in my life. The very first thing I learned very quickly is do not go to debate the person there. He's committed on his side. Matter of fact, he's so committed. He agreed to show up to debate you. So you're not going to turn his mind around. He's my microphone to talk to the crowd. Well, that's how I use social media. I'm never talking to the person who posted that. I'm saying stuff for the shadow readers to read. Yes. And that's very important of how we, we help get this turned around. That's what I do, actually. Shadow readers who aren't responding, who are on the fence. Those are the ones who are going to social media to seek information. Yes. Clown that you're debating or arguing with. He's, he's more than likely trying to be a celebritarian to get followers and probably yeah. doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, to be honest with you, in the right. big scope of things. Doesn't but know a thing. It's those shadow readers who are on the fence who go, you know what? I've been hearing you say this for years. I'm starting to see evidence of it. Tell me a little bit more. But they're not commenting, so you don't see them. That's right. who we need to reach in the, in the, on social media and on these other things, are those people who are seeking information. Wow. I uh, am... You know, it's scary time to be alive, but at the same time, I love this challenge because it um, it exercises my innate nature to be curious, to be um, uh, what do they call it when you when you do the opposite uh, of everybody else? Um, oh, uh, 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 contrarian. Yeah. I'm contrarian in my thinking. I uh, love a challenge. I love arcane history. And I love um, delving deep into a mystery, a puzzle that the common person can't see, even though it's right in front of us. And this is why I love your work, Michael. Everybody, by the way, how do we get a hold of you, Michael? If we need to reach out, uh, you oh, gave your G. Go ahead. Yeah, you can reach me directly at MichaelH023 at gmail.com. I do have a Facebook page in support of the book. United Deep State of America, Shadow Governments Republic. So if you're on Facebook, we do have a page for that. And I don't post just stuff about the book. I post articles and stuff of that nature. Right. And the thing I want people to understand is Michael is not this conspiracy theorist they use as a dirty word. He actually has written policy for government officials. He's the guy behind the scene. He knows what the agenda is because he's had to write some of it and kind of pull back and go, what the hell's going on? Um, so it's, it's very interesting. And like he says, I want everybody to really fathom this. You might believe something profound. You might believe in it with all your might, but those at the top do not, they do not think like us. They worship different deities than us. They follow very different things. And I don't always like to quote David Icke, but I hate to say it, David Icke has become more of the voice of reason in this crazy world right now. And he actually said, this, these people worship certain things. They believe in it. Whether you believe in it or not, they do. Yep. When you that. control the world's resources and you're calling the shots, I'll worry about what you believe in. Until then, I'm going to read Zygbrew Brzezinski's books. I'm going to read Hillary Clinton's books. I'm going to read David Rockefeller's books. 
They're the ones in control, and they're the ones who are telling me what their agenda is. Now, I'll buy the Ron Pauls and everybody else's books, too, just because I'm a nerd and love to, to learn. But here's how, here's how incredibly simple this is. People, you said at the beginning of the thing that I like to read their books, and I do. I love to read their books. Not because I believe in their ideology or their philosophy. It's just they're tipping their hand to me. Exactly. It would be the same thing as if I played for the Dallas Cowboys and the, and the Pittsburgh Steelers says, hey, here's our playbook. Would you not read it? Now, if you wouldn't read no. it on something as minuscule as a football game, why wouldn't you not read their works when it contains to the life? To, right. You know? So, yeah, I read their books. I love, I'm a sponge around them. I've been at the table with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and I've, I've slapped the tables with them, and I told them this doesn't make sense. And I've been there. I've done that. Right. And I've sat there and listened to them. I've showed them how they could increase revenue in their districts by millions of dollars. You know what they said? We don't care. Yep, we they don't. simply don't care. That's not why we're here. What yep. do you mean that's not why we're here? We're not here yep. to stay, save your community millions of dollars at the same time deregulating for more freedom? No. Yeah, nope. They not. don't want freedom. They don't. We're not here for that. And that was, the, that was when I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Yep. I can't. Well, you remember the TARP bailout money that went to the banks and everything? I remember it, it firsthand. Nancy Pelosi's I got, husband. I got firsthand experience with that. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband, he took some of that tarp money and he bought a football team out in California. And mm -hmm. uh, I think the California Redwoods, I think it was. He used that money and he doesn't have to pay it back. So this is what our politicians are doing. Uh, Steve Croft on 60 Minutes called on Pelosi 20 years ago and basically said, um, isn't insider trading illegal? And she said, uh, I don't, I don't know what your question is about. I don't understand your question. And he asked it three times. Don't you think you passing a bill while investing in visa, while they're going public is a conflict of interest. And she goes, I don't understand your question. These people are getting very wealthy off our backs. And the thing that I find just insulting sometimes is when people don't do their own research. I have pointed out to people that Dr. Fauci spoke at a, uh, an event called Event 201, which brought in the top virologists in the world. And he actually stated this on video. You can look it up. The next administration will be facing a pandemic like the, of the likes that they've never seen. He said that in 2017, which means this agenda was being rolled out. You can't predict a pandemic unless you've manufactured the pandemic. Right. And I wrote, I wrote about event 201 in this book. In this book, I have, uh, I don't know, two or three pages about event 201. And it was John Hopkins University. And if you're really looking at John Hopkins University, they're enrolled in all of these drills, so to speak. Well, right. anytime the government does something, did you know on 9-11, they were running, the military was running an exercise that involved the very same scenario that yep. eventually happened in that day. Well, this is the same with Event 201. It was the same thing that they were doing on 9-11, and yep. then they went live with that drill on 9-11. They went live with Event 201. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. There's actually evidence of that because Trump, early on in this, and I'm not a Trump supporter by any means. I think both parties are silly, but Trump, they were... Fauci says something and Trump goes, well, you could have told me. Yeah. Trump didn't realize that all of this was going live until way later. Right. This is a live drill, I think he said, or a live exercise. Yeah, it was something along and those Trump lines. Trump goes, but... well, you should have told me. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and that's event 201. That's, well, that's- you know, I, I worked in pharmaceuticals for 35 years, and I can tell you, uh, you know, when they, when they roll this stuff out, they plan it for years, you, you know, and if you don't think that this is possible that they plan this, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to pick up a book called We Know What You Want. You know, we know what you want. And it goes through step-by-step step from an advertising professional, how Glaxo hired Wolf, the big PR agency, to run around years ago and basically say, there's a disease out there called SAD, S-A-D, social anxiety disorder. And it was on the news for months. They were just going on. Doctors were debating this and people weren't getting enough sunlight. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean there isn't a disease called you know, um, social anxiety disorder. There are people who need sunlight who live up in Alaska and they have special stuff. They were trying to bring this mainstream and it took about a month. And all of a sudden the doctors started to go, well, we have a cure for this. It's called Paxil. And this is how they rolled out Paxil. They created a fake disease, a, a fake crisis. Let's put it this way, that everybody has this. And in the book, they go, basically, it's a cure for shyness. <laughs> okay. Paxil is a cure for shyness. But what they didn't tell the public is the withdrawal sin- symptoms make people violent, have raging thoughts, and the need to act out violent actions, including suicide and killing others. These are the withdrawal symptoms of these medications. And they have just proliferated our society at this point with these meds. And they won't tell you all the violent acts that have taken place when people begin to withdraw from this stuff. And we have a new generation that has been given this stuff in the school system. Okay. That's number one. They plan this stuff, folks. Nobody makes a billion dollar industry unless they create the problem. Okay. Right. I want everybody to go online and look up Bill Gates's big TED talk in 2015, where he rolls out this big 55 gallon drum. And he talks about, we're not going to be ready for the next pandemic. Pandemics do not happen in nature every four years, ladies and gentlemen, it just does not happen. But Bill Gates, who has the same medical degree as me, by the way, comes out and talks about how we have to vaccine. We have to have a vaccine. We have to have this. We have to prepare. They've been preparing you mentally and emotionally for this, and it's called predictive programming. When they tell you in a movie or they tell you in a documentary or they show you a TED Talk and they say, get ready, then we can sit there and go, wow, they predicted that. They predicted it because they created it. Yeah, they they create the the problem and the solution. I mean, it's yep. it's definitely the Hegelian dialectic, you know, problem, action, solution. But there's so much that TED talk. I, I write about that in the book as well. Uh, there's so much that, to Bill Gates that people really need to wrap their heads around. It's kind of ironic that the man who made a fortune affecting computers with viruses so that he could sell an antivirus software would turn around and be pushing a vaccine as well. So it is. <laughs> It is the most uh, you know, bizarre thing. Do you know thing. what his father, do you know what Bill Gates's father was? No. What was he? He was head of Planned Parenthood. You're kidding. No, uh, no. Bill Gates's father was, was with Planned Parenthood. Bill Gates has been a eugenist. Every, he was, you know, that was, that was dinner talk for them at the table. 
eugenics. Yeah, look into Bill Gates. People think that he's yeah. just some nerd. People think that he's just some nerd who invented windows in his father's basement, you know, or garage. That's not true. Bill Gates comes from a very long line of eugenics and oh, wow. maybe into this. Um, this goes to uh, the work of Margaret Sanger. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't realize that she founded Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger. And you know why? You know yeah, why I, she founded it? Yes, go ahead. Tell us. She founded Planned Parenthood, and uh, ironically, so that she could, in her words, pluck the black people up by their roots like weeds. It's not by accident you see a Planned Parenthood in every black neighborhood. Now, yes. drive through Beverly Hills, Malibu, or any of those, and tell me how many Planned Parenthoods you see. You don't. You don't. That's but, Margaret Sanger's vision coming to fruition. And you know what? Hillary Clinton accepted the Margaret Sanger Award, and she says, I believe in what Margaret Sanger believed in. And Margaret Sanger, Sanger actually said this, to eliminate, to wipe out the black race. This is what the eugenics program is about, folks. If you don't know about it, it's an arcane part of American history that has been hidden, but it was the decision from these top elite people to wipe out anybody who was not white. And so now it's infiltrated our societies. I had YG Nightstorm on um, my show. Uh, he's a black conservative who was a big Trump supporter. He talked about this. How come the black race never gets above 13% in this country. Every other race has surpassed them through the years. It's because of Planned Parenthood. It's not what you think it is. No, you know, it's not. It is not. And I used to be a supporter uh, pro-choice. I am no longer pro-choice. I am pro-life. And here's why. They have created an entire system of selling body parts, DNA, um, pituitary glands, you name it, a, a baby's head goes for $35,000. Did you know that? On, on, on not the black market, the regular market. Regular they market. sell this stuff to hospitals and research centers. Every child that's aborted, and this is why four states years ago passed the late abortion law. They can keep that child alive. They can drug it up, keep it alive, full-size fetus, ship it to wherever they want, and cut this child up without anesthesia to wherever they want. You, we need to shut it down. I used to think it was all about this wonderful agenda, giving people a chance, minorities a chance in these you know, horrible neighborhoods. Folks, it is an illusion, and they've created it for you you know, and made you believe it's something it's not. What is it? 50 million babies have been aborted since Roe v. Wade or don't quote me on that, but it's, it's something it's, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, ridiculous. It's and, you know, um, I, I hate to say it, you know, it just, I hate to burst people's bubble. And we are in a, in a time period where people are going to argue with everything we just said, because they don't think they just react. Yeah. I want you to think about everything we just said here and ask yourself if your children are going to have a better future. The tyranny you accept today is the children is the tyranny your children will live under tomorrow. This is not a can that we can afford to kick down the you know, kick down the road for another generation. Right. 
Right. The the freedoms and, and liberties that our parents lost, it didn't end there. It's it's like a snowball that's been out that's been coming down. And we just we 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 have to it's gonna take a hard time. This is not gonna be an easy fix. It's gonna sting, it's gonna hurt. But there yeah. has to come a generation that's willing to be stung, that's willing to be hurt, that's willing to get this turned around. Because I'm telling you, the tyranny you accept today will be the tyranny your children and grandchildren live under tomorrow. Yes. We need to be the generation that gets stung. We need to be the generation that just rolls up our sleeves and says, you know what? This is going to hurt. No, this is going to hurt like hell. Yep. It's, it's going to hurt me worse. Pass it on to my kid. You know what? Come on. You want to fight? Now's the time. Now's the generation to do this. Yep. We get, I, I, I don't want to be negative here, but it seems like we get weaker and less resolve with each generation. We can't afford to kick this can down the road. All right. That's been done on purpose. We know that's been done on purpose. We have a new generation, which is what I have based a lot of my work on, that doesn't know the truth. They're running around arguing. You know, I, I have a, a, a friend of mine, her daughter, uh, who is a good friend of mine as well, is completely brainwashed living in California. Everything's racism. Everything's poverty. Everything the government must solve. And it, I, we can't get to her. She's She's lost. She, she lost her mind. She's living in a, a, a state that is, has all this homelessness and crime, and she doesn't see it. What causes it? She thinks the government can solve it when the government has created it. The government created that. People don't realize if we went down to even just a flat tax rate, then what that does is gives us money to be more charitable, to help people. It's because yep. of high taxes and dumbed down societies that we have more poverty and things like that. It's not because Brad doesn't want to be creative. It's not because Michael doesn't know how to write. It's because as a society, we don't know how to function on that level anymore. We right. really don't. You know, don't. the artists are ridiculed. You know, the the writers are ignored and the football players are elevated. And I don't understand right. that. That's entertainment as to where your artists, those are the well, people who, you know, turn over society and bring new right. thoughts. If, if, we never would be where we are right now if it wasn't for the artists pushing the boundaries, if it wasn't for the writers pushing the boundaries. Exactly. I wanted to read something, a quote from Rudolf Steiner, and uh, maybe this will help in closing because uh, I know you want to say a few more things uh, before we, we uh, end the show. But the, Rudolf Steiner was an Austrian um, you know, spiritualist and all, clairvoyant and all kinds of stuff. Um, and this is something he said, and it's a well-known quote. It's from a hundred years ago. And he said, in the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine under the pretext of a healthy point of view. There will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the existence of soul or spirit to materialistic doctors will be entrusted the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today, people are vaccinated against the disease of that disease. So the, in the future, children will be vaccinated with a substance that will be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of a spiritual life. 
he would be extremely smart, but he would not develop a conscience. And that is the true goal of some materialistic circles. With such a vaccine, you can easily make the etheric body loose in the physical body. Once the etheric body is detached, the relationship between the universe and the etheric body would become extremely unstable, and man would become an automaton, for the physical body of man must be polished on this earth by spiritual will. So the vaccine becomes a kind of aromatic force. Man can no longer get rid of a given materialistic feeling. He becomes materialistic of constitution and can no longer rise to the spiritual. That's Rudolf Steiner's statement. And I just find that foretelling. It is telling because we need to quit calling what they have out right now a vaccine because by definition, this isn't. This is an MNRA vaccine, first of its kind. What does an MNRA do? Rewrites DNA. What did you just read about? You just read something that does what? Rewrites DNA. DNA. And by the way, I want to interject this. Mode, RNA, Moderna, M-O-D-R-N-A. One of their top uh, doctors gave a TED Talk where he actually says, we will be rewriting your genetic code. Now, if you go to uh, Snopes, they say he never said they're going to rewrite your DNA. He did. No, he, he did. He yep. said you're going to rewrite your genetic code, period. That's DNA, folks. And, and it's not just him. There's many, many things that you can find where doctors in that field are talking about rewriting the, the human DNA to fight, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia. And this is proactive and all that. They don't care about curing Alzheimer's and dementia. That's not what the MNRA vaccine was designed to do. More along the lines of what Brad just read is the long-term goal for these types of vaccines. Otherwise, there would be no reason to rewrite your DNA. Your DNA is perfect as it is. It would be about your immunity system if it was about viruses. It wouldn't be about your DNA. They have much longer goals, and we're starting to see this with Elon Musk and his singularity goal movement towards singularity. Right. They want to put a chip in your brain, and it works both ways, by the way, folks. They can control you with that chip. You may have access to a lot of information, but they can change your moods and do whatever they want with you. I'm going to point out something that is completely hearsay. You can look it up, but I want you to look at Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, from you know 10 years ago. There's a robust man who's intense. He wants to solve problems. Now look at him today. That person no longer has a soul in there. He is an automaton. He is just answering and saying stuff, but there's no light in there. Something happened. And you're going to start to see this with a lot of your leaders, a lot of your billionaires, a lot of the people that you look up to you're going to start to see the light go out. They'll we be saying, with, we saw it with Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. We saw it with him years ago, years yep. ago. And now he's just a shell. These I don't people, know whose hands up his butt moving his mouth, but Mark Zuckerberg's a shell. Yeah. So this is happening right in front of it, uh, right in front of you, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I do know people who can help remove what has been injected into you. Um, I'm not going to make that common knowledge, but if you do reach out to me, I'll let you know. 
Uh, I do have a friend of mine who is an Olympic athlete, gold medal athlete. She had a cousin who got one of the um, injections. And you know that they were talking about the magnetism around the, the site. Well, she put a magnet onto him. This isn't third party. This is her throwing the magnet right on the injection site and sending me the video saying, oh my God, Brad, it's true. They're putting metal in us and the metal is there to track you. Now, some of you are going to survive and some of you are not. And that's done intentionally. Um, if you notice, the people who are dying the most are either on social security or welfare or food stamps. Those are contractual obligations that if you pass away, the government makes a profit off of you because they don't have to honor the contract anymore. So boomers are a pain. I'm a baby boomer. Boomers are a pain because we're not going to vote the way they want us to vote. We're going to fight certain things. We're the old guard that they have to get rid of. And if you notice, they've taught a whole generation to look at us and call us fools. We don't know what we're talking about. And so this is going back to marketing, folks. You have to dig deeper. You have to pick up books like Michael's book and look at all the references he has at the bibliography at the end. By the way, I love some of your chapters. I'm going to read some of them out. Um, the first chapter is America, the Great Empire, or the New Atlantis. Uh, the Deep State of America. The shadow government runs the deep state. Uh, oh, this is the one I like. Individualism versus collectivism, which we touched a little bit on in here. Uh, the military-industrial complex and the deep state. Uh, deception of politics, uh, the fourth branch of government, which we touched on as well. Um, society's role in defeating the deep state. Let's talk about that because this can sound like a lot of gloom and doom, but you and I have moved way past being depressed about information. Uh, you, you remember in, uh, what was it? The Kung Fu Panda, uh, the, the, the great Kung Fu master, he goes, there is no good or bad news. And they said, uh, Shalong is, is free. He goes, well, that's bad news. <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> You can tell both of us study Kung Fu and karate. Yeah, it's true. We've talked about this before, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is, it, it took me a while because I remember the first time I read a real deep conspiracy theory book, like a William Cooper book. I was depressed mm -hmm. because the agenda was laid out 40 years ago, folks. People told you that this was coming. So I'd be reading it and I'm like, come on, that can't happen in my lifetime. But I would be depressed. Once I got through the depression, which took about two, three years, because I could only read one chapter at a time without going, God damn it, you don't get mad. But then we moved past it. And now every time I see something on the news, every time I read something, I question what I'm reading. So let's talk about this. Where is the hope, Michael? We're, we're laying it well, on you, man. <laughs> you, you laid out the exact reason I wrote that chapter. I didn't want to write a book and tell everyone what the problem is without offering something at the end of a way that we can get this turned around. And society's role in, in defeating the deep state was my effort is saying, look, I just told you a whole lot of shit. Excuse my language, but I just told you a whole lot of bad stuff, but we can defeat this. And the way that we do this, and a lot of it is, is stuff that we may know, but we don't really practice. Right. Free market is a perfect way. And let me explain on this. 
I can log into Facebook and I will find so many people begging the politicians and, and to Mark Zuckerberg to quit censoring them. Well, if we all know Mark Zuckerberg's an elitist and we all know that they're coming after us, why don't we use the free market and go to Mines, Gab, MeWe, Float, all these other things right. and shut down the billionaire that we all talk about anyway? First of all, most of us get on Facebook to talk about Mark Zuckerberg and censorship. He's not going to go, well, okay, I'll give you a voice back. So that's a dead fight to begin with. Right. Let's use the free market to eliminate some of these billionaires and stop giving them advertising dollars to fight us with. Because every time you log into Facebook or every time you're active on there, Mark Zuckerberg gets more advertising dollars. Yes. What does he do with his dollars? He uses them to come after us. So, yep. so that's an easy, easy solution right there. Get off Facebook. Don't like being censorship. And you know, Mark Zuckerberg's an elitist. Quit giving him money. Go Stop use a using free market Amazon. Go somewhere else. But here's the thing. We won't. We won't. We love talking about free market, but we're scared to death or ignorant on how to use it. Another example. We know that during the pandemic, all these big stores were the only ones who profited. We had to shut down our businesses. So what do we do when the pandemic opens? We still go to these big stores. I know. Shop local. Shop at Brad's bookstore. You know, shop right. at Michael Howell's Karate Dojo or, or, you know, whatever the small thing is there. Because what you're doing is you're, you're helping that family. You're helping that economy. You're helping that community. And you're adding possibly another payroll if that business gets enough. What you do when you go to Walmart, Target, Home Depot, all these things, is you're giving lobbyists money because that corporation is going to take their profits and they're going to turn around so that they can regulate the industry more, which hurts the free market, which hurts right. your dollar, which devalues you. So while all of this sounds so simple to say just small buy, buy small uh, mom and pop or buy local, people don't understand the true consequences of that. They can tell me that as soon as I walk in there and buy local, I'm helping that business owner. But every dollar you give that business owner is a dollar that the big corporations don't have to come after us with. Yes, I agree. And they have an army of lobbyists that actually have changed the law that forces commerce on us. We 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 only have one choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the phone industry before Ronald Reagan deregulated the phone industry. There was yeah. one phone company in the 80s. Remember that? There was yep. like one phone Eight. company. Ronald Reagan came in, deregulated that. So people go, you know what? I'm an entrepreneur. I can, I can offer phone lines. Then it got to where you could get a home phone at a gas station. Remember all those yeah, I remember. gas stations you could walk into? And But for years, we were told only this big corporation could do phones because they're so complex and all that. Turns out any entrepreneur could buy a phone line and sell it through a gas yeah. station. Well, so, it, so this, this is waste. Quit buying into this silliness that you need to be taken care of because you don't, Yeah, you don't, we have a, we, we have crony capitalism and we have a crony free market, but it's not too late to take that back and turn it into our benefit. Take it away. I from agree. Uh, my girlfriend is really, really great at finding local deals because she's mm -hmm. very big on we're buying local. Uh, we're going to Goodwill. We're donating uh, to, you know, Salvation Army, all these other things. Mm -hmm. um, and so these big brand stores we avoid uh, simply because they can destroy local economies. Um, and we could go on another hour about uh, the destruction and the Cloward Piven strategy, which we talked about in our first interview. Um, but Michael, I want to thank you um, for being on Awakened Nation once again. We're going to have you back always. 
Uh, and I encourage everybody to please go out and get Michael's book. I mean, get both his books, actually. I, I just love your writing, but pick up the latest, which is The United Deep State of America, A Shadow Government's Republic, and also pick up his uh, first book, Anatomy of the Global Agenda, Volume 1, which is a phenomenal read as well. You can get those on Amazon. Just do a quick search, and I'll put that in the show notes for the link. Um, but Michael, in closing, anything you want to you want to tell our our listeners? Well, as always, you know this is one of the shows that you just asked me one time if I want to be on, and I'm I'm there. This is a show I, I really I know we're here to talk about my book, but it's your efforts and your voice that and your work that's getting out there and doing a lot of good work. So thank you for all that you do. Thank well. you. Always have a big supporter here. I'm thankful that the God or universe or whatever gave me the ability to see things how I see them and. Hopefully you enjoy my writing or hopefully you enjoy what I say in a manner that's easy to comprehend. And, and, you know, I don't write complex or anything. I'm very basic. I tell you what's happening and let you make up your mind about it. Good. But, but yeah, thanks for having me on to talk about it. This is th- you're one of those people that I could talk to and forget I'm doing an interview. It's like talking to a friend. <laughs> so hopefully there was some kind of professionalism here, but, but thanks for having me on. Thank you, Michael. And yeah, that's the whole goal. I just want to have a kitchen table table conversation. This is how I am in real life. I'd pour you a cup of coffee here at my house and uh, we would just talk. Um, well, it's like on my radio show, I always say, pull up a chair to the virtual round table and let's just talk. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, let's just talk. That's what it is. You, you got know? it. And if you, if you find someone who who's on the opposite end of the spectrum, invite them to talk one day and watch what that does. Yeah. Watch what that does. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Everybody, please tune in next week for another episode of Awakened Nation. Uh, We're bringing you some more incredible guests for season four and getting ready for season five. Uh, And I want to just thank everybody for all their support. And please reach out to Michael Howell. He's one of those warriors in the trenches bringing you the real truth so that you can make your own decision as an informed human being. So once again, take care, everybody, and tune in next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a big part of the Awakened Nation movement. This is how you can help me and our extraordinary guests. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let's grow this movement by word of mouth. Our success will be because of you. Thank you, and see you next week.